We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Play, play for the lead! 
Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. This is Lakers Nation Live. Oh, my goodness. The Lakers go berserk against the Chicago Bulls. Put up 140 points, 41, 141 points. D'Angelo Russell, trade deadline D'Lo is real. 29 points, 8 for 13 for 3. My goodness, what do the Lakers do at the trade deadline now? Lakers last game before a long road trip. Good way to finish off the homestand, get a win over the Chicago Bulls. Joining me today, it's Matt the Optimist Peralta. Matt, I, I'm giving you credit. The Lakers knew you were coming on the show today, and they said we got to do something special. So let's just go out and shoot 65% from three. For, for a game Let, let's just do that for 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 optimism prime himself man regression to the mean hits so different doesn't it trevor <laughs> when it's this way yeah <laughs> uh yeah no i'm super happy obviously um losing to the clippers wasn't fun earlier this week so it was good for them to get a win before they go on this six game road trip i believe so um all in all um i wish they had closed the game out on a on a brighter note but i mean i think at this point we'll take wins how we can get them so happy all around here yeah, they, they did sort of like limp across the finish line, just kind of did enough to see the game through. And uh, the Bulls made a little bit of a push late. I mean, the, the fourth quarter, the Bulls put up 39 points. They were coming down and shooting in like five seconds and scoring most of the time. The, so the Lakers actually lost the fourth quarter by 10, 39 to 29. But I kind of get why they went into cruise control mode. It, you would like to see the Bulls not put up 39 points in the fourth, but still... The Lakers, their offense was fantastic. They were hitting everything. And I guess let's go. I guess let's just get right into it here because uh, we got to talk about this one. Superstar of the night. The superstar of the night. What do we do? Anthony Davis, 22 points, 11 boards, 6 assists, 10 of 18 shooting. LeBron James, 10 of 19 shooting, 12 assists. Four boards, 25 points, but did have five turnovers. D'Angelo Russell, 29 points, four assists, 10 of 18 shooting, 8 of 13 from deep. Uh, chat, by the way, welcome in. Everybody joining from YouTube, from Facebook, from X. Where should we go with the superstar of the night? Uh, if if D'Lo qualifies, I, I think it has to be him, right? I mean, we we brought him up earlier already. You've already dubbed him D-Lo, deadline D'Lo. I I just, you know, if we're going to go the traditional route, I, I would probably go with LeBron just because I thought I wanted to talk about his passing later in, sure. in the uh, in the old podcast stream here. But um, I I think if if we're not going to give this to D'Lo, then he was definitely going to be my role player or starting a role. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on D'Angelo Russell right now. Yeah, I think you got to go D'Angelo Russell. I think he was he's, he was fantastic. Um, he was one of the, it was one of those games where the second the ball hits his hands, you know, he's scoring. He's just, he's putting up that three, everything's dropping for him. Um, he went on a heater and this has been now since he returned to the starting lineup, it's been what, seven or eight games. Yep. He's been fantastic. He's been fantastic. And so Matt, does this, we, I haven't talked about this with you yet. Does mm -hmm. this mean anything for you at the, at the trade deadline? I know D'Lo is the guy that we've heard the Lakers are looking to move. I've heard specifically, yeah, D'Lo's the guy. They're going to make a trade. It's going to be D'Lo. Does this dissuade the Lakers from making a deal? 
I mean, I, I think the way to look at this is it probably doesn't dissuade them from doing a deal because I think as things stand, the Lakers still need to make some sort of move um, in order to improve their chances of even just making the postseason at this point. D'Lo is probably their most... It's probably their simplest contract to trade, just given that the player option and it's on a reasonable deal, at least in my opinion. And so um, I'm trying not to be caught in the moment right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, it's really fun, especially after tonight, to to enjoy a performance like this from D'Angelo. But I think the reality is going to set in at some point that if the Lakers do want to make some sort of impactful move, it almost has to include D'Lo. So um, I think that they'll probably... I don't know if they can aim any higher than like the DeJounte Murray stuff that we've been hearing as of recently, but yeah. I, I do think that, you know, they might push back on having to throw in any additional assets just given how he's playing. Yeah, I mean, that's what we were hearing. I even put this on X earlier today. I said it's 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 a little annoying, if not unexpected at this point, uh, to see the whole narrative that the Lakers have to add stuff to D'Angelo Russell mm -hmm. to get another team to take him on. Like, this isn't Russell Westbrook. Right, that this isn't Russ making forty-seven million dollars. This is D'Angelo Russell on seventeen million dollars is his contract. Yes, he's got a player option this summer. Yes, that's tricky. I'm sure teams would prefer that he pick up that player option and they can pay him eighteen million next season and have that certainty. But mm. that's not that's not what the situation is. I know that's a tricky situation, but this isn't to me the kind of guy that you should have to pay another team to take him on. I'm not saying that you're going to get a ton for him. Right, because teams are going to have to look at him as potentially a rental because he could walk away over the summer. But if the if other teams are trying to tell the Lakers, well, if you want us to take D'Lo off your hands, you got to give us something. Man, like that's that's pretty ridiculous. And I I tend to think it's going to go the way of the Russell Westbrook situation, where all we're hearing is, oh, it's it's multiple firsts just mm -hmm. to get off of Russell Westbrook and. And then it winds up being much less than that, of course, when reality sets in closer to the deadline. Yeah, that's a great point. I think, you know, we also have to keep in mind that the deadline is still a couple of weeks away. So all the prices are pretty much inflated right now. Yeah. I mean, I know we've seen deals for Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi. Those deals have gotten done. But uh, to me, if, you know, if I'm looking at those two trades specifically, because I've seen some people be like, oh, like, look at what these players got. Um, so... I think Toronto wasn't going to do any better than what they got for those two players. But I think in this case, the Lakers have some some leeway to hold on to D'Lo and, and see what they can get like closer to the actual deadline versus, you know, trading him for a little bit less than what they could probably get right now. Yeah. Uh, always winning. Let's get into some of our chat questions and comments here. Always winning said you all are going to regret not trading for D'Lo post deadline if it doesn't happen. Love you guys. Um, I think he means we're going to regret not trading D'Lo, not, not trading for D'Lo, but not trading D'Angelo Russell. He's saying that regression's going to hit post-trade deadline. It's, uh, it's very, it's, it's very, I mean, that's very well within the realm of possibilities. We know D'Lo is yeah. a pretty streaky player. Um, I think it'd be a little bit, you know, I think it'd be even too optimistic for someone like me, right, to assume that just because he's in the starting lineup that this is going to continue the rest of the way. I I, I just don't think that's that's feasible. I mean, for the month of January, he's shooting 51% from the field, 47% from three. I mean, that it, it, to do that, if you were to shoot 47% from three, then he's the best three-point shooter in the league. Like, he's, he's Malik Beasley or something, Matt. Mm -hmm. uh, also, God, that hurts. Liquor. Yeah, <laughs> um, but but look, I, I agree. I don't think he's going to continue shooting these numbers forever. But do you think this is really just the trade deadline? Do you think that's what it, th this is like? This is D'Lo saying, "Hey, don't trade me 
I've got this is what I can be. And that's what's happening. He's going nuclear in an attempt to get the Lakers to hang on to him. Matt, the timing is just, it feels a little bit too convenient, right? <laughs> right. It's like, hey, like, it, it's kind of, okay, sweet relationship analogy. Love it. It's kind of like when you feel like your relationship's about to end, but then you decide to pull out all the stops to salvage it. This is kind of what I feel like Dilo's doing right now. All of it, you know, planning dates, flowers, whole nine yards. The, just the candy, yep. A candy, yep. Whatever you want to watch tonight. Yep, that's that's D'Angelo to the Lakers right now. He's calling Robin saying, whatever, whatever you want to do, uh, as long as you get to keep me or I get to stay, then we can do it. D'Angelo Russell is showing up at Rob Palenka's house with with flowers and a copy of the notebook. And that's that's like where a, we're at. And a boom box. <laughs> and a boom box. <laughs> <laughs> um, For all you youngins out there. All the all the kids out there. Uh so this is this is. A, an incredible performance by D'Lo. This is a lot of fun. This is a reminder of how fun D'Angelo Russell is when he's on a heater. Mm-hmm. And it does make it unfortunate, though. Like, it does not feel good right now, Matt, to know that because of his contract, the Lakers have to. They have to look at trade options. Mm-hmm. They have to, because they there's no replacing. If he... Unless something crazy happens over the summer, like LeBron doesn't pick up his player option, he walks away or something, you're not going to have like cap room to play with. Even if LeBron doesn't pick up his player option, you're still probably not going to have cap room. Yep. So there's the chance that you lose D'Lo for nothing this summer. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe D'Lo goes to them and says, look, I want to stay. I'm not going anywhere. If I continue playing this way, just let's come to a fair deal over the summer. I don't want to leave LA. And he tries to make them feel better about hanging on to him, but otherwise it's a risk. It's a risk heading into July with D'Angelo Russell potentially hitting free agency. So you have to, you have to listen to the trade opportunities, but still when he's doing this and he's getting fans excited in a season of which frankly, we haven't quite had enough to get excited about. It doesn't feel great to think, okay, we got to, we got to trade this guy. Yeah. I mean, this is something I wanted to talk about at some point, but I do feel like this has been a couple seasons in a row now of this where the trade deadline kind of saps the saps the fun and joy out of wins because everything is looked at through a trade deadline lens right uh that's exactly what we're doing right now like the lakers won they needed this win they scored a lot of points there were a lot of highlight real moments that i'm sure we'll talk about but here we are talking about the trade deadline again and it's because you know we've got a player in delo that for better or worse we probably need to trade because as you mentioned there's risk of him leaving for nothing um that would be unfortunate for the lakers but you know that's just kind of the reality they they find themselves in like this is why i kind of wish like the lakers had a way better record other than just winning more games but we wouldn't have to talk about trading delo because i think there would be an avenue to just keeping him and keeping this core together for a while yeah if they were like the three seed or something in the west right now and you know then it would be easier to just say well you know what if he leaves he leaves but we got to keep this group together because they've been they've been so successful um Mission 86 said D'Angelo Russell is a Laker in all caps. So we know he's serious there. I love my hometown, but I'm a Lakers fan. That's what I'm talking about. Now, again, let's try to get five over 500 baby steps. Uh, that's all we need. So right now, taking a quick peek at the standings here, mm-hmm. the Lakers are in the nine seed and they're at 500, 23 yep. and 23 on the season. Um. Do you see them? Because I think this next stretch is critical. Ahead uh, of the, it has to be. Yeah. How do you see this 
this road trip going. And just to kind of refresh everybody's memories, it is at Golden State on Saturday, at Houston on Monday, second night of a back-to-back at, at Atlanta on Tuesday, at Boston on Thursday, at New York on Saturday, and then they finish the road trip at Charlotte. So there's six games. How many wins are you expecting there out of those six? And and is it enough? Yeah, so, I mean, I think I want to be a little bit conservative here. I'm going to say if they can go 500 here, I think that wouldn't be too, too bad. Um, I think four and two is the optimistic way to look at this, though. Um, and I think that if they can reel off three wins here, because uh, I believe the next three games are the Warriors, the Rockets, and the Hawks, which, by yeah. the way, the Hawks game is going to be really fun to watch. Oh, my goodness. Uh, what, what jersey is DeJounte Murray wearing for that game? Oh, he's still probably in a Hawks jersey. You think he's in a Hawks jersey? Okay. I was just laughing during this game to myself because I was like, man, all the players that have just been linked to each other on these two teams. Um, and I was, it was sad. I don't know if you saw the tweet, but I was like, man, this is, there's an alternate universe where all the, a lot of these Bulls players are just Lakers. Right. Uh, Caruso. Andre Drummond, DeMar, Alex Caruso, DeMar DeRozan. Yep. Yeah. It's just like, they should have just swapped jerseys at halftime. But <laughs> um, back to the question, though, I do think that, you know, if they go three and three, I think you can live with that. Obviously, I think if you're looking at the schedule, I think the tough ones are going to be um, the Celtics and the Knicks for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Rockets are also kind of sneaky tough for the Lakers this year. Um, we've already kind of seen that matchup a few times now. So that's why I'm not really really that one to shoe in. But I, I do think that after the Warriors collapse today, by the way, super funny. Um, I think they can win that one. And I think they can get the Charlotte game. At least I hope so. And then the Hawks game, I think, is also kind of a toss-up. But they get those three games and then they pull off a win somewhere else. I, I think I'd be pretty stoked. I'm uh, I'm optimistic for four and two. That's what I'm looking for. Sure. On, same. The, on this trip. On this trip. I think if you can get that. I'm excited with that one. Uh, Andrew said, I'd give my pinky finger for this version of D'Lo for the season. Also, Vando, man, what an impact. Uh, What do we think about the coaching and rotations tonight? Uh, Let's start with Vando. And I guess let's just, before we get back into the coaching and rotations and stuff, I have a feeling we might need to use this one here. Star in your role. I mean, Jared Vanderbilt, this game, Man, like welcome back, Vando. This is this is the Jared Vanderbilt we all remember from last season. Not, I mean, seventeen points. That's not necessarily what you expect out of him. Certainly, eight of eleven shooting Jeez. for Jared Vanderbilt. Go figure. But five boards, three steals, one block, and frankly, there's a lot of stuff that he did that doesn't show up on the box score. He was everywhere. I I love that it's now what I think four games yep. where I've really felt like Vando is himself again after. He's been clearly not 100% for much of the season. Oh, yeah. This was a no-brainer for me, too. I just, you know, um, the heel injury that he was dealing with to begin the year obviously was affecting him when he came back. Just didn't have the same kind of burst. Didn't look kind of quick on the floor. But, like, as you mentioned, the past week or two, he he has steadily looked more and more like the Vando of last year. And I think Mm -hmm. there's a... I mean, look, like the Lakers have been playing some better basketball as of late. Vando has coincided with that. I don't think that's a coincidence at all. Um, And so, yeah, kudos to him. He did all the things that you want him to do, stayed within his role. But also was, I think, the past two or three games now, Trevor, I think you probably noticed this too. He's just looked more confident offensively, which is like just a bonus. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, yeah, he still has a few sloppy turnovers, but there there was that one drive from the perimeter yeah. where he, he put the move on, drove in, and finished over. Uh, I think he finished over Caruso. Maybe it was somebody. Um, that was, that was impressive. I wasn't expecting that out of him. Yeah. I mean, that's not stuff you expect him to do, or you probably will never ask him to do, but the fact that he's able to do it is, is nice to see. And then took his, uh, made his only three pointer attempt tonight too. So this is just a, I think he's just playing with a ton of confidence offensively right now. And then defensively just was everywhere. Like three steals and one block doesn't really do his impact justice on that end. So yeah, this this version of, of Jared Vanderbilt changes the Lakers. I think he moves the needle. I think he needs to play more. He had 27 minutes tonight, which is, I think is good. But I think during the regular season is when Vando's his most useful because he just out hustles everyone on the floor. Yeah, yeah, he's and he that energy can be infectious as well, where you see other guys start to step it up because he's flying all over the place. I'm looking through the chat right now, and everybody is saying Vando for the star in your role. Like it's this was a fun D'Lo heater game. Vando brings fun to the game as well in mm-hmm. a very different way, in a very different way. And it is, it's a blot like this game, despite the fourth quarter, that's going to leave, you know, a bad taste in everybody's mouth, the fourth quarter. But the first three quarters of this game, this was not just a Lakers win, but this was a fun basketball game. And we haven't had enough of those lately. Yeah. I was just going to say D'Lo and Vando, like the games they had tonight are like the two dudes you don't want to play against and pick up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Just the guy, the, the the irrational confidence dude who bombs threes and then the other guy that locks up everyone is playing way too hard on defense for a casual basketball game. <laughs> where where are you at on the uh, Jared Vanderbilt for a starting spot uh, oh. discussion? Where, where do you put, like, should he be starting in place of Torian Prince in your opinion? This is tough because I love Torian Prince and I, I'm going to say that knowing that I'm going to get a lot of flame and hate for that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, no, look, I, I think the reason why a lot of people hate Torian or, or dislike him is because I think he's overstretched in his role. I think like he is a perfect bench guy, but I think as your fifth guy and a starting on like a good starting team, like a good fifth starter on, on like a playoff team, I think it's mm-hmm. kind of a, it's, it's a little tough. But if you moved him to the bench and had Vando, I don't think anyone would really complain. I think we, we've, we've already seen the formula. And I think what's unfortunate is that, you know, I think it's taken Darwin like a really like, he took like the really roundabout way of figuring out, maybe instead of figuring out what I have in these other lineups, maybe I should just go back to the one that I have success and familiarity with and then build from there. It's it's it's, it's uh, not the most optimal route to, to say no. it nicely, but... Um, I think we're we're getting to a point where it's it's just hard to ignore what Vando is doing. Yeah, I mean, and I think that just 
on paper, it makes sense to have somebody out there who can be everywhere defensively when you have Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell on the floor because, you know, those guys are not great defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, so Andrew also finished with the second part of his question, which I do want to get to. What do we think about the coaching and the rotations tonight? Um, I saw Darvin Ham call a timeout. <laughs> I saw Take that happen. <laughs> the new I saw that happen. Game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought the rotations, everything were, were fine. Obviously, you're looking at it through the, the lens of a win. And so that certainly changes the way you're going to see things. But, I mean, Cam Reddish is out hurt, so you didn't get the Cam and, and Vando weird lineup out there. And I like that at the end of the half, we got a glimpse of Vando with the starters, and it looked great. I think we haven't seen enough of that group on the floor. So um, all in all, I, I can't be too upset there. I, I I think the only thing I quibble over is going to Austin late in the game to close things out when D'Lo was the guy that was on a heater. Mm-hmm. But then after Austin committed the the four-point foul, uh, he subbed him out and put D'Angelo in. So he fixed that. So uh, no no major complaints from me. How about you? Yeah, no, same. I, I you know, I, I think like we've been so, so hyper-focused on the job that Darvin Ham is doing that any little thing gets caught and is expanded on and is another reason to like hashtag fire Darvin. Um, I, I honestly, like the past week or so, like I haven't really had too many complaints from like a uh, rotations and minutes standpoint. I think that, you know, we're, we're figuring out what the Lakers can be when, when guys are healthy. I know you just mentioned cams out, but mm-hmm. that's also kind of the issue with this roster is that there's like just one too many guys that can play minutes. But I think the Lakers have looked better when they've got less guys that, you know, need to shuffle in and out. Like, for example, like the Clippers game, I know they lost and they didn't have LeBron, but I, I thought that because Darvin didn't have as many options, he was just able to go to lineups he trusted and was, you know, comfortable with. And I thought they played well. So I think that's a little bit too. I, I definitely think the Lakers are a prime candidate to consolidate one or two pieces into like a quality dude and, yeah. and just kind of go from there. What What do you think they need? What are you looking for? Like that's because you're talking about maybe more of a minor trade if we're talking about just consolidating a couple players. What are you looking for? Well, let's. It, it depends on which contracts in the deal, right? So if I'm if I'm trading away Delo, I want another ball handler back too, and then ideally some sort of big or another wing size player. So, um, you know, we were talking about the the Hawks for a while, and you know, I think the dream scenario for me personally would be something along the lines of like con- like Delo and whatever salary salary filler you need to get like Clint Capella and Bogdan. Oh, okay. So not even a, a Dejounte Murray deal. You're going. You're going Bogdan Bogdanovich and Clint Capella. Well, because every Murray iteration trade I've seen has just kind of been D'Lo for Murray straight up. And I just, I, I I think you can argue it's like a marginal upgrade given what those two players are good at. Um, so if I'm going to trade away someone like D'Lo and whatever I need to to get like two useful rotation guys, I know I can play at some point. I, I think that's worth it more than just getting DeJounte Murray. Because I know he's the bigger name. He's the former all-star. He's got all these credentials and stuff. And he's mm-hmm. had a couple big games recently. But... I just think for this specific Lakers team, I think they just need guys to have that have solid roles and skill sets that you know you're going to get every single night. So you're talking like four off the top of my head, somewhere in the 40-ish million range in salary coming back in. So I like D'Lo Rui, and you might even have to have Gabe Vincent in there as well. Yeah, it, it it it's again, it depends. Like I'm just spitballing here. Like sure. those are the kinds of players I'd be looking at to do. If if I could do like a smaller trade somewhere else, even like that, I think that'd be fine too. But um, 
like i i just i, I don't know man like i, I guess we kind of have to talk about dejounte murray because he's been <laughs> there's like a new report almost every single morning every day like, yep every day every time i wake up i'm like oh dejounte murray real legs to this i think was the, the wording this morning um, that was the Sam Amick piece. I think that was even yesterday that that uh, was starting to to make the rounds. But yeah, they, it feels like it's something new all the time. And I don't know if it's really anything new. New, Like it's all just not. it's it's rewording what was already out there. So I wonder where things are at presently. Yeah, I mean, I know you did the video about the Hornets deal with Terry Rozier. And then now the Hornets are saying that they'll take on contracts. And I think mm-hmm. immediately almost every Lakers fan was like, oh, deal to Hornets for, you know, whatever. And then they'll take back Dejounte in a three-team trade with Atlanta, right? I, I just yeah. that, that seems to be the common iteration right now. And again, like these proposed deals have only are only bringing back Dejounte and and sending out Dilo. And I guess it just really depends on how high you are on Dejounte and if you think he he gets the Lakers out of this little funk that they've been in. I'm I'm personally not entirely sold on it, but I guess it's just kind of a wait and see to see what the final deal looks like. Um. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what that ultimately looks like. And if the Lakers have to give something up in order to move off the other, that doesn't feel great. But uh, we'll see if they can figure out a way to get this done. Again, there, there's been so much smoke smoke around it. I, I feel like personally, I feel like what's happening is the Hawks are, are stalling to see if somebody else will offer something more. And it's on the Lakers to try to incentivize the Hawks or at least create some urgency for the Hawks. Like going, hey, if we're going to do something, let's do this and not get the Hawks to wait I, I, until the trade deadline. One quick question. Yeah. If, if I'm playing devil's advocate for the Hawks, am I sure that DeJounte Murray has hit his peak value? No. He's 27, uh, and he's just about to start his... Ex- he's easier to trade for right now because his mm-hmm. extension kicks in next year, but it's not like it's a... It's like 25 million. It's not like it's a number you can't get to. So I wouldn't say he's hit his peak value if I'm the Hawks. I, I, like, I don't think the Hawks have to trade him. That's, that's exactly where I was going. Seems, but it seems like that's what they want to do because it doesn't seem like it's working with him and Trey Young. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, trying to, uh, it, it's sort of like what the Bucks just did with Adrian Griffin, right? Like, if we can improve the team now, then we'll just do it. But uh, right. to me, like, I just don't feel like they're going to get nearly as many assets as they could get back. I, I'm just saying, I'm not saying, like, don't, 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 don't listen to what I'm not saying, basically, is what I'm trying to get at. I, I think if they want to trade them, by all means. But if I'm Atlanta, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I don't, I don't think I need to do this right now. Yeah. Yeah, they they don't. They don't have to, but it seems they want to. And the, the advanced stats don't look good with DeJounte Murray at the two. Um, so we'll see if they ultimately pull the trigger or not. Or maybe they'll maybe they'll be this year's Toronto Raptors with somebody <laughs> who's like in every rumor and then the trade deadline comes and they're like, no, nah, we're just not gonna do anything. Well, that's would not you, the Raptors this year, but yeah, would years. you would you be madder or relieved if DeJounte Murray didn't get traded to the Lakers? At this point, it would be kind of disappointing just because we've heard so much about it. There would have to be a little bit of a letdown that nothing ever came of it. Now, if the Lakers pivot and they do something else, fine, right? Fine. But, you know, my saying is always no trade is better than a bad trade. And And that still holds true. Like, I would rather the Lakers not make a move than do something that they think is not a good deal. But there would still be that natural. If the trade deadline comes and goes, especially if there's a bunch of other teams doing stuff and the Lakers wind up not doing anything, there will be disappointment. There's there's no question. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, 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 there's just been so much smoke about them making some sort of move. Like, they're going to do it. I just kind of feel like at this point, too, it's like, um, 
I just have like a lot of people have brought this up recently on the old uh, X is that when was the last time a Lakers move of this magnitude was like this like foreshadowed and it actually came true other than Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Yeah, I think that was the last time it had to be AD. Yeah, so who right. knows where all this is coming from? It could be coming from Clutch, could be coming from Atlanta, because I know the Lakers don't really say too too much in in you know for like to all the newsbreakers and rumor people and stuff. So that's true. Uh Gian Mercado said Delos plays at an all-time high, same as his trade value. Tough decision for the Lakers. I hope they make the right one. I think a lot of teams though, they they see the player option and that scares them away on Delo. Oh, for sure. It, he's very much a potential rental. Like, I think the only teams that could feel confident trading for Dilo would be a team that just kind of needs a boost for the playoffs, and then the roster stays intact, even if he were to leave. Like, I don't. There aren't a lot of teams that are like that right now. Yeah. What like what team do you think needs D'Angelo Russell right now? Yeah. See, that's a that's a tough one. I I think that if I'm thinking of Dilo going to like a, a legit playoff team, he's probably coming off the bench, right? Because like the best teams already have their guard situation set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, okay, here's like a, I think this one would pay, be painful, but what happens if you could upgrade like the backup point guard spot in like Philadelphia or Denver? I mean, it all depends on what you're getting in return. Denver would certainly be, could you imagine D'Angelo Russell going to Denver after they targeted him? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's like, that's my point, though, right? It's like it's not so much like what I think the Lakers could get back. It's like what team could I see? Like, okay, like we could talk himself into coming off our bench and giving us like 10, 15 minutes in the playoffs. Maybe he catches fire. Maybe he doesn't. But no harm, no foul if he doesn't. Like that's that's the kind of situation that I'm looking at. Hmm. It's tough. Orlando, maybe. Orlando was one I also I was also pitching, but I just don't know if they're ready to make that sort of move yet. Yeah. They may not be. They may, it may not be, and it's possible Delo is not the guy that they that they want to. I mean that that he he can be a little bit polarizing, even not just within fans, but with, uh, around the league as well. Uh, we've got some new channel members. Uh, I'm Lee, Welcome. became a Utem cha- channel member. Uh, somebody gifted a Lakers Nation membership, which is always cool to see as well. People giving each other gifts of Lakers Nation memberships. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow we're going to do a members only live show. I'm going to put the time uh, on that. Uh, out in the community section on the YouTube channel uh, just a little later. But yeah, we're going to have a live show for, for uh, channel members, which is a lot of fun. If you guys don't know what the membership program is like, you can check, click the join button over on the YouTube channel. You can check out the different perks that membership offers. Um, it's been a pretty cool program. Been a lot of fun. Really enjoyed that. Doing some little extra stuff, bonus things uh, for channel members. Let's go with this one we do need to get into the master lock of the night as well but let's get to this one here diego said it seems Delo heard me when i said he's second on the list behind lebron in terms of bringing energy to the team and said bet love to see it yeah do, do you buy that so this is the, the, the basic concept that i've said for a lot uh for years now, that the team goes energy-wise as LeBron goes. The team mm-hmm. tends to fall. If LeBron is really locked in defensively, if he's flying all over the court, which we still see him do, not every game, but now and then, then they will follow suit. Uh, Diego made the point that D'Angelo Russell is the next. If D'Lo has it going, if he's on a heater, that picks up everybody else around the team, that he is the next energy provider for this group. Would you agree with that? 
Offensively, yeah, because we talked about Vando being like kind of the defensive guy or the defensive version of this question, right? So yeah. I, I think from an offensive standpoint, yeah, I mean, like I think D'Lo is really good at hamming up the crowd, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> and sorry, it, it just came to me and then I realized. That was a good one. That was good. Bad, right? Uh, but my point being is that I think because D'Angelo's like one of the only guys on the team and I think might be the only guy on the team outside of LeBron who has the audacity to take some of the shots he does. Sure. Like, I, I don't know which, I think if you're watching the Spectrum broadcast, um, Stu Lance a couple of times was like, oh no. And then D'Lo would make it and Stu Lance would still be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, you the know, no, it's like no, those, no, yes. Shots. Yeah, the no, 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 yes shots. Exactly. Like that guy is very valuable. Basically like the, the microwave scorer, like the heater guy. Um, there aren't a lot of guys like that on the team right now. I think you can maybe make a case for Austin Reeves, but I think D'Angelo just, when he's playing with confidence, he is playing like he's the best player on the floor. So I think from an energy standpoint, he's definitely right behind LeBron in terms of getting the crowd into it, getting the teammates into it. And then, you know, the the fun factor, I feel like, I think the the most fun games this year, I think D'Lo's had a hand in a lot of them, if not all of them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's that's where, again, that's there's an impact on the team. But there's also an impact on fans where we haven't had a ton of exciting moments and D'Lo can provide that kind of excitement. And so can you know Jared Vanderbilt to a degree as well. Um, but yes, I, I kind of buy it that, that D'Lo is that, that energy provider. Uh, Coab said, Vando's defense is absolutely insane. He looks fully healthy now. D'Lo's making it really hard to want him traded. He's been so good. There are going to be, like, no matter what happens at the trade deadline, there's going to be people upset. Oh, yeah. Like if D'Lo gets traded, there's going to be people upset. If he does not get traded, there's going to be people upset. That's and part of that is he's polarizing, but because he's like, if D'Lo was in the December slump still, Oh man, there would be no, the, everybody, the, the, the only way there would be disappointment, disappointment would be if he wasn't moved now though, you still have the people who say D'Lo's not it. Remember what he did in the playoffs. Regression's going to hit. This is just a hot stretch for him. All that sort of stuff. You still need to move him. But you also have people saying, don't trade this guy. He's awesome. So no matter what happens now, you're going to get disappointment from, from, from fans at the trade deadline. Yeah, this is why I mentioned at the top of the show, right? It's like, I'm trying not to be a prisoner of the moment because... I love the stretch that he's having. I'm rooting for it. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, I'm not. I'm not like, oh my god. Like, he's playing so well. Like, now the Lakers can trade him for more stuff. It's like, oh, like this is just fun. You know, like the season has been very up and down, and it's fun to watch the Lakers and D'Angelo Russell do the things he did tonight. But reality, of course, sets in, and you have to consider the fact that, yeah, like, look, there's risk of him leaving for nothing. This might be your best opportunity to trade him, given how he's playing right now. You could get mm -hmm. an impact player back, like these are all things within the decision-making calculus for the front office and Rob Palenka. And so ultimately where I get, where I stand on this is like, it depends on what kind of return you're going to get if you end up trading him. Cause like, I'll be honest, like if D'Lo stands pat, like if he's still a Laker past the trade deadline, I don't know if I'll complain too much, but I will wonder what the Lakers could have gotten, but that's, that's yeah. probably where I'm going to end up being. Yeah. If you wind up, especially if you wind up losing him for, for nothing. That, that would be painful, but I just, you know, what's the market look like for him come summer? Like, there's just so much we don't know yet. So, so I've got like here, I've got problematic in the, in the chat says Trevor has been anti Delo for a while. I noticed he wants him traded. No, I don't like my ideal. I, and I've said this since the summertime, 
even since last season. My ideal situation is D'Lo is great in LA. I love that he's like our guy, right? Even though he, you know, he did the kind of going off to college thing, he yep. came back home, right? He bounced around to some other teams in the league. He came back home. He never really found his true NBA. He talked about this last season that yep. he never found like a team that really committed to him. Everybody got him and then I had one eye on the door looking to move him and everything. Nobody ever said, you're our guy. And I, I, I think the ideal situation would be he's their guy and everything works out great and he's fantastic and he spends, spends the next five years here, which is about as far out as you can project, project in the NBA right now, and it works out perfectly. That's That would be my ideal world with D'Angelo Russell here. The reality is the contract that he signed over the summer says... And whether this was him wanting this contract or the Lakers wanting to give him this contract is probably a little bit of both. The contract says he's probably going to be traded. That's that's the reality of the contract itself. That's when you take the emotion out. I want everything to work out great with D'Lo. He's a ton of fun. When you take the emotion out of it and you look at the contract, it screams, we made this deal so that we can trade him down the line. Yeah, I've got two things. One, it was essentially just that, was that when he decided to negotiate out his trade clause, his no trade clause, that just screamed, yeah, trade me, or I'm okay mm -hmm. being traded midseason. So that's that's just the unfortunate reality of things is like, look, I think both sides had like a wink-wink agreement that if the right deal came along, he was going to get moved. And now we're at the trade deadline, and it's, it seems to be... I think if you had to place odds on it, it's more likely he gets moved than not. Yeah. And then too, as you were talking about like the whole non-committal thing, I don't know why this popped in my brain, but would you say that D'Angelo Russell is kind of like the Brandon Cooks of the NBA? Oh, that's interesting. Good yeah, player. I can, I can see that. around. At one point, he was like, people looked at him and they're like, he's the guy, you know, he's going to be that, that great player. Yeah, I can see that. Bounces around no matter where he goes. He he just makes plays and thing and good things happen. But he never he doesn't get to that next level where where a team just wants to fully commit to him. Yeah, I get that. That's a good, that's a pretty good comparison. Not bad. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Well done, sir. Thank you. All right, let's. Um, I, I've got a plenty more questions to get into. We got a lot more to talk about. Obviously, we we've spent a lot of time talking about D'Lo and the trademark and all that. We've got plenty to get into from this game as well. Before we do, though, we need to give a shout-out to our sponsor, and that is Sleeper. Uh, Sleeper does an absolutely fantastic job. Super, super easy to play. If you've already downloaded the app, you guys can play right along with us right now. We're going to make some picks live here for this contest. Uh, if you have not done so yet, download the Sleeper app. Use our code LakersNation. You can get a deposit match of, X of up to $500, which is fantastic. Available in a ton of states, including California Sleeper. It's a ton of fun. So uh, let's start. They do these little deals every now and then mm -hmm. uh, for your first entry. Like, obviously, Damian Lillard. Also, point five for the points. first time, Damian Lillard. Yeah, I'm going to take, take more. Same. Good bet. By Good the start. way, guys, you can scan on the screen. We just put that in, the, the QR code. It's on the screen. You can scan there to download Sleeper as, as well. Um, okay, so there, there's an easy one. I feel pretty pretty confident we're going to get that one, Matt. Um, I like it. Let's go. Let I love SGA. Let's go SGA against the Pelicans. Ooh, fun game. And let's just go. Oh, this is a big number. 32 and a half points. points. Oh, those lines, those lines are, are, are ooh, I don't know. Trevor. Those are tough. 
That's a tough one. What what do we got for like? Ooh, what do you, what about this? Ten and a half first quarter points. I think that's a lot. First quarter. First quarter. Ten oh. and a half first quarter points. And I like SGA. I think that's a lot. But that feels like a lot. But it's also SGA. <laughs> right. It's hard. Right. And that's where. See, that's part of this too, right? Because most people tend to pick, tend to be optimistic and think, "Oh, this guy can do that." But we also don't think about the times when, what if you pick up two quick fouls? Yep. And then you're on the bench, right? I mean, there's stuff like that that can, that can factor in too. So I don't know. Like I'm leaning towards going less than the 10 and a half points. Chat, what do you guys think? This is honestly, this wait, is a tough one. Wait, Trevor. What? Um, I think same game. Uh-huh. Sorry. So, so for everyone that's not watching the live stream, I'm also on my sleeper app right now because I do have okay. it downloaded. Um, have you seen Jalen Williams first quarter points yet? If you scroll down just a smidge, Jalen Williams. Oh, there it is. Uh, first three and a half. Um, yeah, I, I kind of like the more there. I do too. I like more than, than three and a half for Jalen Williams. Okay. Let, let's lock that one in. I, I think like that's it. a good call. Um, uh, are we staying away from the SGA one? I think that one's tough because that's like one of if it, if I feel like he could do it, I and I still don't feel good about it. I'm I'm probably just going to avoid it. So I I think maybe we 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 fade it. Okay, okay, that's fine. Uh, where do you want to go next? I'm I'm kind of just scrolling down. Like oh my god, Luca thirty four and a half points against Atlanta. That's crazy. That's, uh, a, that's a tough number. That is a tough number. Let's see. Um, I'm kind of just going through the hot tab, which is cool about sleeper is that you can kind of scroll through like some of the hottest bets that people are. Yes. That, right. And that's, that's what I'm are. doing as well. Yep. Um, let's see. What, what does anything jump out to you, Trevor? I kind of yeah, like let's... Carter Jr. PRA against Memphis. That's, that's that one seems a little appetizing. Okay. Let me see. What, what is that set at? And I'll find it here on my screen. It's uh it's at 21 and a half PRA, so points, rebounds, and assists full game. Okay. 21 and a half for Wendell Carter Jr. against Memphis. Okay. You like that? Where where are you going? Are you going more or less with that? I kind of like the more, but I mean I I'm 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 also open to what everyone else thinks in the chat. I I think let's go more. I'm optimistic about Wendell Wendell Carter. Let's do that. Uh, going up against Memphis too. Yeah, like, I, I think I think I go there. And then same game. Do we like Jalen Suggs one and a half assists? Hmm. Is it re that's really what it's at one and a half? He averages two point four on the season, which is why it's so low. I think he. I think he gets that. It's against Memphis, who's missing a bunch of dudes. Right, and it's possible there could be a blowout. There's a blowout factor there, but but I'm gonna go more. Okay, I'm gonna go more. And then the last one I've got, just so we can feel some pain here. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm looking at at Malik Beasley. Oh, I'm looking at 2.5 first quarter points. So it really comes down One, to does three. he hit a does he hit a three <laughs> in the first quarter? I'm gonna say yes, he does because that's the way things go. All right. Oh man, there it is. There's my entry. Okay, let's rock. I've it. got five selections here. Now one is kind of a freebie with with Damian Lillard, but on 20 bucks that would that would get you. If these hit, that would get you $295.40, a 14x uh, multiplier here. And you can get higher multipliers on Sleeper. Guys, go check it out. 
Download the Sleeper app. Use that code LakersNation. And uh, it's a lot of fun. You guys saw we played right here. And then if you download it, you can play right along with us. Next show. All right. Love let's, uh, yeah. Matt, I, thank you for, for helping with that. I it's I always love bouncing this stuff off of you anyway. But um, <laughs> but I thought I thought getting your uh getting your your advice there was was valuable. Yep, I uh I am I am a former degenerate, Trevor, but you know it's, it's <laughs> nice to dip your toes back in the old parlays every now and then. <laughs> All right, let's let's get back into our questions here, our comments. Uh let's go here. Sean Mills said the Lakers need defense, not offense. Offense is defense, decent. Defense is sad. I actually think they do need offense. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think I the, agree. the offense slows down, especially when LeBron's not on the floor. If D'Lo's not on a heater, the offense slows down when LeBron's not on the floor. So um, I think they could use another score. And I don't like, is it just me? Like maybe LeBron's just not going all out right now, which is, I think, very possible. Yep. But it also seems like he's he's definitely not the LeBron we saw a little over a month ago in the in-season tournament. Let's say that. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's there's a reason why we always use January as the month to be like, uh, I think guys are just kind of going through it right now. Um, it's like yeah. the dog days of the NBA calendar right now. It's right before the All-Star break. You've already played half the season. Guys are nicked up, tired, whatever, a lot of travel. So, yeah, I mean, I look, I don't blame LeBron. He's 39 years old. This is year 21. I don't think he's going to give you full go for 82 games, let alone even maybe 65. So um, I think that you need someone. We, we always use the term innings eater, but I do think that yeah. it's it's pretty apt. Like you need someone that's that's happy to take over the offense and, and control the flow of the offense every now and then in place of LeBron. And I think um, I can't remember who said this, but I thought it was an interesting point that the Lakers huh? look their best offensively when they're not deferring to LeBron all the time. I'd agree with that. And, and honestly, I think that's what LeBron wants too. Yeah. He doesn't point. want them to, to, to defer to him all the time. And that's, you know, Darvin talked about it the other day. It was in a, a different conversation that he was having. And so people actually got frustrated that he got into this, but he was talking about how he wants guys to be aggressive and not be afraid to step up and make plays um, that aren't LeBron, that aren't Anthony Davis. And I think he's right in that you do need guys that are going to do that. Now, is does that exist on this team, or do you need to go get another guy that's going to do that? That's, I think, going to be interesting to watch at the trade deadline. And that's really the argument behind, do you go for Zach Levine? I know the Lakers yep. are out on Zach Levine, and it makes sense for why they are. But if you could find someone else who can score the basketball, that's interesting and something that I think you could add to this team and, and, would, and would do well. If Zach Levine was on DeJounte Murray's contract, Trevor, how how much how much more traction would he have at the deadline right now? A significant amount more. Right. So I, th I think is, a lot more. Yeah. So this is the part I was talking about, right? Like I know a lot of people don't want Zach Levine because of his contract. And I'm in I'm in that camp too, for the record, but I think it shouldn't take away from the player's ability. Cause like if you can tell me you got Zach Levine for dirt cheap, the Lakers would be really good because he is he solves a massive issue for this team which is the scoring and outside shooting and you know even the speed quickness athleticism part at the backcourt position yeah yeah you know what zach levine it's unfortunate because i think he is a good player i think he's a talented player but what happens is the player's contract we saw with russell westbrook yep. the player's value on their contract bleeds into the conversation about their value as a player mm -hmm. right so 
is Russell Westbrook not an NBA player? No, that's not true, right? But at $47 million, he's an awful value. Yep. And so that started to to bleed into the discussion of him as a player. I think the same thing's happening to Zach Levine to a degree. People are looking at the contract and they are more down on him as a player than they should be because the the contract is, is just, it's too high. Yeah, like like if he was on like a more manageable deal, he would look he would be looked at as a steal or the perfect third banana for like a LeBron AD team. Sure. You know, uh, let me ask you this. It Austin Reeves has not lived up to expectations this season. Now expectations were sky high, massive. On his contract, I think he's still a fine value. value. He's a, value. he's a great value on on his contract. But the conversation around Austin Reeves was he's he's the third guy. Mm -hmm. I think maybe he's more the fourth guy. He's yep. that guy that could step in and he can knock in so he can do some things for you, knock in some threes, do you know, do little things here and there. Um, if he's the fourth guy, does that mean this Lakers team needs to go get a true third guy here at the trade deadline? And is that is DeJounte Murray that guy? Yeah, see, that's the tough calculus, right? Like, and like, look, like, I'm glad you brought up the Austin Reeves thing because I think he's been. I, okay, so like I think he's been great. I think his contract is still a value. I just think that mm -hmm. some people might be disappointed because we're expecting like all-star level from Austin. Um, and look, like I, I just don't want that to mean like this is a disappointing season for him. I think he's been great. I just think that maybe we put too much on his plate too soon. <laughs> um, so sure. I, I just want people to know like Austin Reeves has been great and his contract is still very, very below market value, I think. And so even though he might not be the Lakers third best guy or like an undisputed third best player, he's still a good guy. And I think like, you know what you said, fourth option is great. So I guess the question really does come down to like, do the Lakers need a third dude? And I think honestly, they might just how this roster is constructed. I think for most teams, you don't like look at the Sixers, right? Like you have Embiid and Maxi, they don't really have like a bona fide third star guy. Right. But sure. your first guy is an MVP candidate and probably going to win it again. And then your second dude is probably going to make the all-star team. He's probably the have, most improved player too. Yeah, exactly. So when you have that kind of foundation already, I think it works. But I think for the Lakers, because LeBron's aging and then, you know, there's always the health concerns with him and AD, it's useful to have that third star guy. But it, it's, it's oh my God, I just feel like we're talking in circles now because we, we've been trying to move away from the third star model. But here we are talking about needing a third guy. Well, and I think as LeBron gets older too, like having somebody that, like if you had guys who, like Denver, night in, night out, especially in the playoffs this last year, a different guy was stepping up every night. You know what I mean? Like they've got Jamal Murray, they've got Nikola Jokic, but one night it would be Michael Porter Jr. Another night it was KCP. It was Aaron Gordon was hitting shots, right? They they had somebody different was stepping up every night. This Lakers team may need somebody consistent to step up and be that third guy every night. And, uh, and that's something to keep an eye on, right? I, at the trade deadline and see if that incentivizes them to make a move. Um, all right, let, let's get to this. We haven't done the master lock of the night yet. We need to do it. Chat, let us know in the comment section what was the most annoying thing from this game. Let's vent a little bit. Master Lock of the Night. The Master Lock of the Night. What bothered you from this game? And I mean, it was a fun game. Dila went nuts. Mando was everywhere. What are we master locking for this? Oh, you'll like this. Every show. Dylan Brooks. <laughs> He's not playing, but he gets master locked. 
I don't even know if the Rockets play today, but I'm going to agree with Chegster right here. There you go. There you go. Um, no, okay, but a real one, though. I mean, I just don't know what LeBron James needs to do for a call, Trevor. That's fair. I, I, I don't know what he needs to do because I don't know if you saw this at the end of the game. I thought he got hurt because he was, like, hunched over, touching the floor. Like, you know the thing LeBron does when he gets hits in the face or uh-huh. whatever? He was yeah. doing that. I didn't see him get hit or anything. And then I realized it's because he thought he got fouled again. And he had yeah. already picked up a technical for complaining about a foul that should have been called. And then it happened again at the end of the game. And he was just so flustered. He was like, I have no idea what to do at this point. Would you see he was he was all scratched up again, too. He had like he had the Wolverine claws from Scoot Henderson the other the other day. That was ridiculous, man. And then, <laughs> and then it looked like those got those wounds got like reopened. Plus, he had new cuts in the same spot in this game. Like he's bleeding. And they're telling him he didn't get fouled. He bleeds. Sorry, I just watched Rocky Four again. Um, it's it's the part where Rocky punches him, and then Ivan Drago finally bleeds, and they're like, <laughs> "That's right, bleeds. that's right." <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> when you were talking about his his wounds getting reopened again, I was like, "Man, adding injury to injury, huh?" <laughs> it's usually insult to injury, but <laughs> just in LeBron's case, it's injury to injury. Yeah, like so. I, I guess that's a long winded way of me saying, I guess like officiating eyesight, because like I don't really know what else a guy has to do. Yeah, I mean, this is this has been multiple seasons now where we've seen LeBron just not get much respect from the officials. I mean, hell, even even the call that got challenged, oh, like yeah. the Bulls challenged that. I mean, it wasn't a it wasn't like he got slapped across the arms. It wasn't the Tatum foul from last year, but LeBron got contact on that, and they ruled Bulls ball. They said they said nope, call overturned, no foul. He got a shove in the back. He got uh, a push in the side. While he's in the air, which changes your shot. Nope. Referees ruled no foul. And that's on review when you're watching it in slow motion. Baffles me. Baffles me. Yeah. So, again, I think... Oh, I'm looking at the thing now. You know, Guess how many free throws LeBron shot today. Just don't don't look. Just guess. Like three or something. Uh, You would be wrong because it was two. It was two. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it was perfect. Two for two, Trevor. But... Um, yeah, that's for how many times he goes to the basket for how physical he is. I just don't think he should be only shooting two free throws a game. Wow. Yeah, I'd agree with that. He should not be shooting two free throws in the game. He's and he's got to be super frustrated at this point for sure. That's unbelievable. Two free throws for LeBron. That's insane. Um, my master lock from this game. Is that right? DeRozan had 12 free throws. The chat is saying. Uh, I think that is actually correct. Yep, he wow. went 11 for 12. All right, my my master lock from this game, it's Austin Reeves. That's a good one. It's Austin it. Reeves because we're starting to see a consistent thing. I know the Lakers are putting more effort into closing out on three-point shooters, but we're overcorrecting a little bit here. You don't want to give up wide-open threes. It's been a problem. The Lakers give up more wide-open threes than anybody in the NBA. But now it feels like every game, Austin is closing out a little too much and he's fouling a three-point shooter. Gave up another four-point play in this one today. So Austin, let's dial that back just a little bit. I like getting out there and closing out on shooters. I like the energy. I like the aggressiveness. I like that he's making the extra effort to get out there and contest. That's important. We need to see more of that. Just dial it back a little bit. We can't foul three-point shooters and it's becoming a consistent thing. So that is my master lock from this one. 
You know, I thought about it too, just because he, I think it happened twice, right? He he jumped, he 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 bit on the pump thing. I forgot. I think it was Kobe White. Yeah, was ruled a was ruled a, flo- a foul on the ground, but the Lakers were already in the bonus, and then the four point play at the end of the game, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's good to see the Lakers are closing out a little bit harder on three point shooters, but also like just stop fouling jump shooters. That's like rule number one on defense. So yeah, yeah. All right, let's close out with with this. Uh, Mikel said, "When this is a good enough playoff team, good enough without a trade or a middle one at best." So then this is another path for the Lakers. Save that pick for the summer. Get Donovan Mitchell, he's talking about here, or Trey, and work on Darvin Ham. So that's another path here. And Dave McMenon brought, brought this up the other day, that you could keep your draft picks, go into the summer, you would then have three available to trade, and should a Donovan and Mitchell, which it's a risk, we don't know if these guys are going to hit the market, should a Donovan Mitchell, should Trey Young, or someone else like that hit the market, maybe you're in position to go after them. What do you think about, about that? Uh, if, if man, this was a tough one, just because I think I've been in all in mode for the past four years now because of LeBron, yeah. like the window is ticking. I just don't think the Lakers can afford to do that. I don't either. I don't think they're good enough as is. I don't think so either. Like, look, I think they'll make the play in tournament at this point, but I, I'm, but getting out of it and then getting to the playoffs and replicating their run from last year. I look, I would love for them to be able to do that if that's what it comes down to, but I just don't feel confident doing it two years in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, first of all, LeBron, I think would not be happy with that, with that strategy, but imagine the frustration. If the Lakers don't do anything here, you go, it's okay. We've got three picks to use. Mm-hmm. And then what if nobody hits the trade market? Yep. Or what if they do and you get outbid? That's not great. Well, I mean, like, look, like, let's, let's, what's the reality here? Like, let's close out on like a realistic note, too, I guess, is that yeah. the Lakers are 23 and 23 right now. To avoid the uh-huh. play, and they need to be at least the sixth seed, which currently is the Pelicans at 26 and 18. They would need to leapfrog the Mavs and the Kings right now. And that's not even including the Jazz, who have been playing well too. So are they are yeah. they are, are they in the play-in tournament or are they or are they gonna just outright make the postseason? That's kind of the question I think that the front office needs to ask themselves. They've uh they've got some ground to make up. That's for sure. I'm not saying that they can't do it. I'm just saying that the West is even more like clumped up this year than it was last year so mm-hmm. there there's a lot of reasons for me to be a little bit hesitant to say that they're they're good enough right now i agree i think they need to do something i think this game is a was a fun night i don't think this is indicative of what they are long term or anything like that but i think they do need to do something i think they need to do something if you can make a move to make you better to give you to give yourself a shot Mm-hmm. I look at the West and I think, look, the, the Nuggets are the Nuggets. They're going to be good. There's a lot of other teams that are good. But I think the great thing about the Western Conference is you, you've got a puncher's chance about, against just about anybody. I don't look at any team and just say, oh, that team's impossible for the Lakers to beat. You get a couple of, of the right pieces. You get a healthy LeBron and AD come playoff time. Mm-hmm. Any, anything is possible. They can make that run. I don't think they've got all the right pieces right now. I think they're a piece or two short. And if you can find that move at the trade deadline, you need to make that move. Yep. Ideally, a, another starter and then maybe another like fortify, like another piece for your bench to fortify it. And I think 
I'll take my chances then. But we'll we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, I'm sure more names will pop up between now and the trade deadline. So hopefully the Lakers do something that we can all be happy about. For sure. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining us. Sean Davis's post post game show is going to be started in just a moment. Matt, the Optimus Peralta, thanks for coming on here. Appreciate it. Always a good time talking Lakers basketball with you. Yes, please text me right before the game ends for the next live stream. And then if the Lakers are winning, I'll hop on. So <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Well, that's going to be coming up Saturday. Lakers take on the uh, Warriors for that one. That's going to be a big one. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a big one. Exciting one. And uh, oh boy, we get to deal with Warriors fans again. Oh, Yay. yeah. Yay. Woo-hoo. So much fun. All right, everybody. Sean Davis is going to be starting up in just a moment with the post post game show. Till then, see ya and stay safe.